it's mainly just worship this morning. But God put something on my heart that I just want to share with you that I, th- I think will help us as we move forward. I think it's something that he wants to speak to us about. If you were at the well on uh, Wednesday, you will have heard some of this already. Now, Sarah was talking about uh, when the Israelites are journeying through the desert and, it's a, and the wilderness. It's a beautiful, wonderful, helpful, encouraging and providing warning picture for us of the spiritual life as individuals and as a church. Traveling through the wilderness of this world is, is what we're doing. And she talked to us about the time when they went to Elim. It's with us, these 12 springs. 12 always, by the way, speaks of community and it speaks of the people of God. Camped by these springs, different things, diversity of things to draw from. It was like a garden, it was like an oasis. But I, I, I want to talk to you about a time when the Israelites were, a little bit later on, had come to a place where it was more like a wasteland than, than a garden. And it's in Numbers chapter 21. Um, if, I should have perhaps warned you about that. Sorry, Paul. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you. I'm still old-fashioned you there. I think people got, actually got their Bibles with them. But um, it's Numbers chapter 21. And they come to a place called Beer. Yeah, I know, I know. And, you know, preachers have uh, had lots of fun with that. But um, I'm, I'm going to avoid that this morning. Uh, it says, and the well, the, the, but Beer was a place, the well where the Lord had said to Moses, and, and God speaks this now to us, gather the people together and I will give them water. Who is thirsty for God? Anybody thirsty for his presence, thirsty for more of his life and his love in their life? He will give water. And then it says, then Israel sang this song. Oh, sorry. Numbers 21, uh, verse 16. I beg your pardon. Thank you, John. I can always rely upon you. Thank you. Uh, I thought you were being very polite then, actually. You should have just shouted out. You know, it's, very, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I take that rebuke and that uh, admonishment. Thank you. Spring up. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get even more excited in a minute, though, so I can't... And so then Israel sang the song, spring up, O well, sing about it, about the well that the princes dug, that the nobles of the people sank, the nobles with scepters and staffs. And then it says they, they kind of move on. I just put that to one side and just, just talk about that a minute. Um, first of all, they're on a journey and it's a wilderness. In a moment, it's going to talk about looking out over a wasteland. And then a little bit further on, they try to travel through the journey of the, the Amorites, I think it is, and uh, a battle ensues. So in this point, it's more like a wilderness, a wasteland, and a battle than it is the gardens of Elim, as it were. Perhaps some of you are experiencing or have experienced life as a wasteland or a battlefield at times. But it was exactly in that point place where they called out a well of water of life that was already there you see when it feels like a bit of a wasteland or a battle the temptation can be to go and find a well somewhere else or even to go and look for the wells that this world can offer Again, in a moment, as you continue this story, 
you find that Moses says to the Amorites, let us come through your land and we promise you we will not drink from your wells. They don't and that's why the battle ensues. But it's like we can be tempted by the wells that this world offers. We're journeying through this world, but the source of our life is nothing that this world can offer. Only God is the source of our life. It's only his well. So, and listen, by the way, the wells in this world can be good things. You can try to draw from family or friends or work or hobbies. None of them are bad things. They're just not your source of life. Understand, God is your source of life. So, instead of uh, looking for the world for wells or going to find another well somewhere else, how do we cause a well to overflow, to spring up among us and within us? How do we do that? Well, first of all, it says this. Gather the people together and I will give them water. So, now listen, we are committed as a church to discipleship, to following Jesus. And that doesn't just happen in a meeting. That's whole of life, yeah? We're committed to whole of life discipleship. But the gathering, nevertheless, the gathering of God's people together is still really important. And there's a drawing upon God, a drawing upon from the well, the life and the love of God that that you get when you come together and you gather together as God's people. Now it says, gather the people together and I will give them water. Who does the gathering together? We do. Thank you, Wendy. We do the gathering together. There's something we can do there. Who gives the water? God does. Okay? So... So it's God who provides the water. What we've got to do is gather together. And it's God who provides the water. So now listen to this because it's going to be important because of something I say in a moment. We're not talking about hyping things up. We're not talking about trying to manufacture something. I've had some of that in the past in different places. I don't want that. I'm like you, I'm thirsty for the water only he can give. But Jesus said, all of you who are thirsty, and my, my question for you this morning is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for more of the Spirit of God, for more of the presence of God in your life? Are you thirsty? And he says this, if you're thirsty, come to me. And I will give you water to drink. And the water shall become in you, what? A spring, a well, overflowing. Or a river, overflowing. So he gives the water. But please notice this. They're in this wasteland. What's going to become a battlefield. And they need a well of water. The promise is God will give it. But, notice this. They then said this. Spring up, a well. Sing about it. Spring up a well. Sing about it. It's not, well, sing about a well. That seems odd. I think it's more, it's not sing about the well so much as sing in such a way that the well within you begins to overflow. You see, there's something about singing which releases the well of water that is within you and among us. 
There's something about singing. That's why if you read the Psalms, the songbook of the Bible, it's full of the psalmist saying, I will sing. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will awaken the dawning. I will arise and sing. And he encourages, the psalmist encourages us all to sing. Sing praises unto God. Sing praises. So there's something powerful in the song. Why? Because what it is you're doing is you're releasing what is within you. Speaking is okay. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to speak in a moment. But singing is even better. Somebody once says, like, praying is good, but singing your prayer is like it gives it wings. Yeah? And there's something about singing. And singing is a key thing, but just speaking out. Just doing something which releases what is within us. Because you see, here's the thing. God says, I will give you water. What's possible then to do is for us just to turn up and stand or sit. Say, go on then, God. We're waiting. We're waiting here for you. <laughs> Send the water, Lord. Well, sometimes that, that is enough. But other times, we have to get the well to spring up from within us and from among us. And singing is a key. But there are other things. Let me, let me go on to say this. It talks about this well being dug by leaders. Now, I want to just extend that a little bit. I'm, I'm being a little bit loose here with the scripture, but forgive me for a moment. Just, it's, there's a reason for it. Um, you see, we as a church have been known over the years for our worship and our praise. I think, well, praise God for that, I think there's something we need to recover. It's good, don't get me wrong, but I think there's more for us, and there's things that we need to recover. You see, that, that worship, though, didn't just happen. We had to dig some wells. We had to do some stuff that helped people to be released in praise and worship. People like Marcus and others have worked hard. I know I learned from other people how I can release the spirit that is within me. So I can remember, for example, the first time, I've not been a Christian long, the first time I danced in a meeting. <laughs> and I, um, it was a big Bible week called Spring Harvest. And I'd never seen anything like it. There was people dancing in the aisles. So I mean, and I was just still, I was just an early Christian, an early charismatic, just beginning to kind of just raise my hand a little bit. You know, some of you remember that. Just, just that's all I, that's where I was at. But then they were, they were dancing. So guess what? I got into the aisle and I danced with them. And something was released in me because I started to dance. And at other times, well, I've needed nudges. I've needed prompts. I've needed a little bit of pressure from people sometimes. To get that well released. That's what I mean when I talk about digging a well. Now it can be overdone. You know, you can be in a meeting and the spirit's flowing, but the leader thinks he's got to get up and do some digging. And he does lots and lots of digging. Like, come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Come on. Everybody raise their hands. Everybody jump up and down. Everybody do this. And you kind of think, stop digging. Just let the water flow. <laughs> so it's possible to overdo it, but it's also possible to underdo it. And we just sit there passively. 
And sometimes, I want to encourage you, my friends, I love it. I just love it. When we're in those moments of God's presence and it's, we're lingering there, and then people just begin to pray out. They just begin to shout out their prayers. Or they do what John just did a moment ago and sung out a prophetic song. Or, or Karen, and she prayed, led us in prayer. I love it when people do that. Because it's helping to dig the well. It's helping to release what is within us. I love it when we shout, you know, at the right time. Okay. This is the thing. Be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. And here's another, can I say this? And I'm going to shut up in a minute, but can I just say this? Don't try to have the Holy Spirit just your way. Just the way you like it. You might say, I like loud songs and jumpy songs and bouncy songs. I love those kind of songs. Yeah, but what if the Holy Spirit's not coming that way? What if he's coming in that quietness? You might say, I love the quietness. And, the, you know, they're just the stillness. Yeah, but what if he's not coming that way? What if he's coming like a mighty torrent and he wants to stir things up? Don't try to have the Holy Spirit on your terms. Just respond to whatever he's doing. But I, I, just, I just want to encourage you. Did any of you ever seen the film? It's a, it's a favorite of mine. It's an old film now, so many of you might not have seen it. Called Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. One of my favorite films. And there's a scene in that. Don't worry, we're not going to do this. But there's a scene in that where there's this guy who's so full of poetry. He's so full of creativity. But he can't get it out. It's locked up inside of him. And so the Robin Williams character, the English teacher, he kind of circles him and kind of nudges him and pushes him. Come on, get it out. Let it out. Let it out. And he keeps on circling him. Let it out. Let it out. And then suddenly... The guy is speaking this amazing poetry. He's released the creativity inside of us. Now, I love poetry. And I love art and all that kind of stuff. But we've got something even greater and better than poetry inside of us. We've got the Spirit of God. And sometimes we need a bit of a nudge and we need a bit of a prompt to let out all that life within us. I want to encourage you folks because I think, I'm not, and this is not a criticism, I'm not putting guilt on anybody. In our worship, in our gatherings, we've become a little bit too passive. Go on, Lord, give us the water. We'll just stand here, sit here. Give us the water. Come on, Lord, give us the water. You said you'd give us the water. Come on. But no, no, we need to do the sing about it. Let it out. And then leaders like Marcus are gonna, and me sometimes and others are going to do a little bit of nudging, a little bit of exhorting, a little bit of the digging of the well. Hopefully not too much because to, we're not into manufacturing and manipulating. That's why I said that earlier. But we are into prompting. Can I encourage you, it's things like to position yourself to receive from God. Some of it can be where we sit in the room. Some of it can be how we sit in the room. Or how long we sit in the room. <laughs> Some of it can just be the posture of the heart. Some of it can be just standing and raising your hands. Whatever it is for you, wherever you're at. I'm not putting pressure on people. But I am saying, I want to stir you and dig the well a little bit here. And say, come on, release, release what is within you. Marcus is going to come back now, you guys with him. And lead us again in worship. And I want to encourage you. And this is not to guilt anybody or to pressure anybody. But I'm saying to you, release what is within you. Pray, sing, dance, shout, whatever it is that you feel is kind of bubbling up inside of you. But you often push it down. Just let it out. 
And then you won't need to go to the world for your wells or anywhere else. You'll find there's a well within you. There's a well among us that is springing up and overflowing with life. Amen. Amen.